Good morning, church family. Welcome to Heritage Church. I am so excited that you are joining us for worship service this morning. This week, we're going to be continuing in our series called Level Up. And I am so excited to hear what Pastor Chris is going to share as he speaks about joy. My personal favorite aspect about joy is that it doesn't come from a what. It doesn't come from what's happening in our lives. It comes from a who. It comes from God. And this week we have the opportunity and privilege to celebrate with a handful of people in our church family who have chosen to take the next step in their faith journey by getting baptized. And that's just a recognition that they have chosen to surrender their life to God and to allow God to be their source of joy. And they didn't choose that just because of what God could do in their lives, but simply for who God is, because He is good and He is wonderful, and He loves us far more than we could ever imagine. So I'd like to take a second and hear you celebrate as our church family for these handful of individuals. So on the count of three, we're gonna do a whoop or a holler or maybe a golf clap and just celebrate with our church family what God is doing in and through this church and in the lives of our church family. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. Some of you may not have wanted to do that. So we're gonna try this again. Dare you, be brave, be bold because We are a church that loves to celebrate. So you ready? One, two, three. Okay. (laughs) Good job. I love being a part of this church family. Now we're going to take a step into worship as we celebrate and we sing a song called Who is Like the Lord? Because there is no one else like our God. Would you sing with me?
Now lifted high in praise, look where I'm standing now. Oh, look where I'm standing now. I stand on the chain break, miracle naked, powerful name of Jesus. On the body raised, prodigal saving, powerful name of Jesus. Led by your mighty hand into the promised land. Look where I'm standing now. Carry the cross. You carry the cross for me. Now I am a child of the King. Look where I'm standing now. Oh, look where I'm standing now. My Savior, rescue me. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. Rescue us. My Savior, rescue Hallelujah, I'm free.
friends, what a joy it is that we can connect in this way and to worship together. And, and as we get ready right now to lean into a moment of prayer, I want to share something that I was recently reminded of, that God is able to meet us in every single area of our lives, in every single moment of our lives. He's able to redeem all of that time. And as such, many of the normal everyday things that we do can be turned into expressions of praise. But also God uses each of those moments to shape us more and more into his image. It reminds me of a statement that I recently stumbled across written by Andy Crouch. And he says, our bodies, our pleasures, our fears, our fatigue, our friendships, our fights, these are in fact the stuff of our formation and transformation into the frail but infinitely dignified creatures we were meant to be and shall become. And he goes on to write, taste not just the wine and the bread, but the peanut butter and jelly too, and see the Lord is good. Every square inch of our lives, every second is his. Friends, I love this, that we taste and see that the Lord is good in every single moment of our lives. And so with this thought sort of bouncing around our hearts and our minds, I wanna just take a moment to pray over us today. Lord, we give you praise for both the big and small moments of our lives. We thank you that you show up in sort of those big trajectory changing moments, but also in the simple times of maybe waking up or going to sleep or showing up when we wash the dishes or brush our teeth. Truly, Lord, your presence makes it so that every single moment of our lives can be turned into a sacred moment. So help us, Lord, to leverage these moments well. And when we face difficult circumstances, remind us that you are so amazing at taking the difficult things and spinning them into something beautiful and redemptive. Help us to be flexible and aware of how you are attempting to shape us and mold us into your image. God, you are amazingly good. Thank you for how gracious you are to us. And we ask that you continue to work and move in our lives, in your time, for your purpose. You're amazing. We give you great praise today. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It is so great to be with you this morning. So here's the, one of the indications that life is beginning to come back to normal a little bit is that people are beginning to go back to movie theaters again. Now, I don't know if you've been back to a movie theater again, but people are beginning to do that. And if I were to ask you, like, 
what are, what are the top five or ten movies that you've ever seen in a movie theater? Like, I wonder what kind of movies would begin to, to cross your mind. I know for me, uh, one of them, probably on my top ten or so, would go back to when dinosaurs roamed the earth in 1999. And, uh, and there was this movie that came out uh, called The Matrix. Do you think that's air you're breathing? That's got to be one of the best lines from a movie ever. Let me ask you this question. As a matter of fact, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you think that's life that you're living right now? Go ahead. Right? Do you think that's life that you're living right now? Like, are you, are you sure that you're living like fullness of life? Like, are, are you sure that? Well, I think that's a great question to ask ourselves. See, when Jesus came to earth, very interestingly, he talked about the fact that he was, when he came, as he came to earth, he was ushering in the kingdom of God. Say those words, the kingdom of God. And he was, what he was doing, he was juxtaposing the kingdom of God from the kingdom that was already here. As a matter of fact, people began to ask him about, because they knew that when the Messiah came, that the kingdom of God was supposed to come with him. So they asked him about that. And this is what he said, once I'm being asked, by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, well, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. It's not like people will say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst or is within you. Interestingly enough, in the, the history of Jesus' life, which we typically call the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, 66 different times in those four books, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. He's trying to wake us up to the fact that there is something going on that if we're not careful, we will miss. So he says it over and over and over again. The kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God has come. And then a guy by the name of Paul writes, and he says, For the Father has rescued us out of the darkness of gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear Son. The the kingdom of darkness and gloom. That's what was already here. Depression, despair, a fear of rejection. You know, what I'm about to say is not going to make you feel great, but it's reality. There are more teens committing suicide today than ever before. There are more adults, according to the Center for Disease Control, that are taking their own lives more than ever before. Why? Because we live in a in the age, in the kingdom of darkness. And the enemy wants to make sure that you feel as much depression and despair and sadness and rejection as he can possibly help you feel. That's what he wants you to experience. And that's what life is like in the kingdom of darkness. And yet, what's true is that Jesus says, I've actually come to usher in a totally different kingdom. I've come that you might experience life at a whole new level. But here's the thing. So many of us today, again, if I, I'm just going to try to be as honest with you. Um, so I drive what my brother calls an urban assault vehicle. Which it's just a, a little SUV. It's not that big of a deal. But, or, you, know, I, you know, if you drive a minivan even, you come up to a stoplight, and have you ever looked at the person next to you at the stoplight? And, and they're, you know, they've got their, their phone out, and they're, like, they're scrolling TikTok. They're scrolling Facebook. Why? Because of FOMO, right? Their fear of missing out. 
and they're just convinced that someone else somewhere in the universe is having this phenomenal life, and they're convinced that their life sucks compared to that phenomenal life. And so because of that, we're constantly, constantly judging our life compared to other people's lives. And when we do that, this fear of missing out causes us to begin to believe that our life just stinks. And if our life stinks so bad, why is it worth living? And that's why people end up taking their own life. Meanwhile, bless you, meanwhile, Jesus invites us into a whole different realm of living. Now, as Pastor Josh said a few minutes ago, we're going to have the, the opportunity to celebrate someone getting baptized right over there. And can I just say, when that person gets baptized, I want you to, like, to just go nuts with excitement. Can, you just, can, we, can we agree together that we're going to do that? Okay, we're just going to go nuts for excitement because heaven celebrates, so we ought to celebrate with heaven. But here's, here's the thing. Maybe you open up your heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you even got baptized like a year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Here's what I know. I know that there are awesome people that open up their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet what ends up happening is that they end up living kind of like one foot in the kingdom of darkness and one foot in the kingdom of light. And there are these things that still attack them. Like, for instance, some of you are walking around with voices in your head that are there from something that someone said to you decades ago. A father or a mom that never approved of you or that always caused you to feel that you didn't quite measure up. Or an ex-spouse that continually demeaned you. And there are some of you that are walking around in life, not experiencing all that God has for you because you are stuck in somehow something that someone either said to you or did to you. Some of you were sexually or physically or verbally abused, and you're still walking around with that when Jesus wants to absolutely set you free from that. And that's what it means to walk in the kingdom of light. But some of you, you've opened up your heart to relationship with Jesus Christ. That's awesome. But you're still walking. There's a part of you that's still walking in the darkness. When Jesus said, would you allow me to bring light to you? Would you allow me? Can I just tell you, I'm 55 years old. I received Jesus Christ when I was seven. There are still places in my life where I am working out my salvation and I'm experiencing more and more of Jesus' invitation to walk in the light instead of in the darkness. Now, I don't want to, I haven't admitted this in the first two services. I don't want to admit it here. I had two beloved people say to me who I deeply trust, Three weeks ago, Chris, your problem is that you're insecure. There's a little part of you that's insecure, and that insecurity comes from a place of fear of rejection because you were rejected when you were a kid. And that person's absolutely right. And the reason I work so hard is because I don't want to be rejected. Let me ask you, do you know the motivations behind why you do what you do? Is Holy Spirit maybe inviting you into a whole different kingdom of light? So you know what's happening for me? 
so cool. Like I'm inviting Holy Spirit into those spaces and places where I'm saying, you know what? Would you just take out, please hear my heart here, would you take out that fear of rejection and replace it? Ephesians chapter 3, I will not get this verse right. I want to say verse 7. I don't think that's right. But it's Ephesians 3 where God says, let your roots go down deep into the love of Christ. Holy Spirit is inviting Chris Conrad to allow his roots to go down deep in Christ's love for him because if I understand fully that, if I understand fully Christ's love for me, then the rejection of other people doesn't matter. Now, I'm not trying to do self-therapy on stage for you this morning. That's not my heart. My heart is to ask you, where is it in your life? Maybe, again, it's because of something that someone did to you. Maybe it's because of something that someone said to you. Maybe it's because of some performance treadmill you got on for whatever reason. Let me just ask you the question. Are you fully living, fully living in the kingdom of God? Or are there places and spaces in your life that you're still kind of stuck in the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus Christ wants to come this morning and say, let's take you out of the kingdom of darkness and let's bring you in fully into the kingdom of light. Let's do it. Let's get it done. And let's get it done today. Let's let October 31st, 2021 be the day when you walked out of anything that was keeping you from all that God had for you. And for some of you, that might actually mean opening up your heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ. For others of you, that might mean, don't you dare allow that voice that's been in your head to ruin you anymore. Don't you dare let that happen. Because God's got so much more for you. He's got so much for you. Do me a favor. I had you once before, a few minutes ago, I want you to do it again. Turn to your neighbor and just say, the kingdom of God is awesome. Let's start living in it. Go ahead. The kingdom of God is awesome. Let's start living in it. Because it really is. Now, here's, this is not your problem. It's my problem. I've skipped over so many of my notes, I have no idea where I am at this point. Thank you, brother. I'll take that in Jesus' name. So here's the deal. I'm just going to, let me go through three, how many, oh, cool. I got 10 minutes to preach a 30-minute message. That's so cool. Okay. So Jesus says to us three verses really, really quickly. If the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Free from sinful habits, free from addictions, free again from negative thinking patterns, free from the abuse of others. One of the, one of the, one of the realities of living in the kingdom of God is we can let go of the kingdom of darkness and the things that we have believed about ourselves. I wish I had another hour to preach on Romans chapter 12 verse 2 that says, let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. What do you actually believe about yourself? I, I was with a pastor this week. This is a true story. I can't make this up. And, uh, and he said, you know, my wife and I were reading the Bible, and uh, he said, and the Bible says that in heaven there will be no giving of marriage or taking of marriage. So I told my wife, you know what? That means there's going to be happy. So we're not going to be married in heaven, so we ought to have sex as often as we can now because we won't be having it in heaven. And he looked at his wife and said, you're hot. And I think I'm hot, so we ought to just have sex as often as we can, okay? Now, that, that concept of, you know, and, and I'll just tell you, I, I, please let, hear my heart here. I am, I am so in love with my wife, it's not even funny. Like, I'm so in love with her. Like, but he is married to a, 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 what the world would say is a good-looking gal. He is. But here's the thing. He said, you know what, my wife, he said, she's 41 years old, and he said, she doesn't believe that she's good-looking at all. 
what are the voices that you allow the enemy to continue to speak into your spirit about how you look, about who you are, and about what your success is? Would you please tell the enemy where the hell he can go? And would you start walking in the freedom that Jesus went to the cross to pay for you to feel and experience? Don't you dare, ladies, stand in the mirror and say that you don't measure up. Guys, don't you dare compare your life to someone else and say that you've got to make more money or that you've got to be some status or something. God created you to be who you are. And part of the joy of living into the, into the fullness of God's kingdom is we let stinking thinking go behind us. Okay, man, I got to get on. Okay, so let me skip. Because what I'm supposed to be talking about is one of the realities of living in the kingdom is that we get to experience joy. Say the word joy. joy. So here's the deal. It's interesting. I love this. For the kingdom of God, Paul writes, he says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and Great, 12 of you can read. I actually believe in your system of schooling here better than that. Of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Nehemiah said, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who don't have anything prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. For the the joy of the Lord is your... So your strength comes from where? Wait, wait, wait. Your strength comes from where? Your strength comes from your joy. Your strength comes from the joy. And who, is it your joy? No, it's the joy of the Lord. It's not that you pick yourself up from your own bootstraps. It's that you allow the, the, the Lord to fill your heart with joy. And you ask him to do it, and he will do it. And, and the thing about God, I love this. So Jesus says this. I've said these things to you, disciples, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, Jesus doesn't walk up to the disciples and say, you know what, guys? You're living with a, a bit too much joy right now. You need to calm it down, not be so joyful. No, what did he say? He says, hey, disciples, I've told you everything I've told you so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. And catch this, he says this when he's only got 18 hours before he's going to be, less than that before he's going to be hung on a cross. And he knows what's coming. He's going to have spikes in his wrists. He's going to be whipped. All that's going to happen. But what does he say? I've said all this so that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be complete. It might be full. What does it look like for us to walk around Starbucks, for you to walk around Hy-Vee, for us to walk around Target, for us to walk around Walmart with our joy complete? What does it look like for you to go to work? What does it look like for you to go to school? What does it look like for you to walk in those situations and actually have your joy be complete? What does that look like? Because that's the invitation from Jesus. That's what it means to live in the kingdom of God, is that our joy would be full, that we would walk around and people would say, that gal is just happy. (laughs) That guy is just like joyful. Like, I don't get it. Like, they got a flat tire. Like, someone ran a red light and hit the back end of their car today, and they're still like joyful. (laughs) Like, I don't get it. Like, Like, someone help me. Like, they just spilled all over themselves, and still somehow they are joyful. Like, I don't, what, the difference, it's the joy that God brings us. 
Dallas Willard, oh, you've heard me quote him a lot. Joy is natural in the presence of God. Can I just say that many people, that's new information to them. Because when they think of God, they think of this old grandmother type with a little cunning finger. What are you doing? I'm going to catch you and doing something wrong. And that's their view of God. And you know what? Dallas writes beautifully, joy is pervasive and natural in the presence of God. God is the most joy-filled being in the universe. Capture that. God is the most joy-filled being in the universe. No one in the universe is more joy-filled than God. No one. No one. Oh, joy is a pervasive sense of well-being that's deeper and broader than any pleasure. It's a basic element of inner transformation into Christ-likeness and the outer life that flows from it. Having our joy full is the first line of defense against weakness or failure and disease of mind and body, even, in other words, when we get sick. But even when those break through into our life, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We must not be passive and allow joy to dissipate. In other words, we can't allow life to take away our joy. By looking backward at our sin and failures or forward at what might happen to us or inward at our own struggles. In doing this, we place our hopes in the wrong thing, namely ourselves. It's our option. Say the word option. It is our option. In other words, we choose. We choose to, to, you know, it's our option to look to the greatness and goodness of God and what he will do in our lives. C.S. Lewis wrote, joy is the serious business of heaven. And the Holy Spirit wants to increase our level of it. That's why, that's why Paul writes, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then he says, joy. The Apostle Paul wrote, a lot like Jesus said in John 15, he says, we're not trying to control your faith because you're strong in faith, but we are workers with you for your own joy. The evil one is pleased with sadness and melancholy, wrote Francis de, de Sales about 200 years ago, because he himself, the evil one, is sad and melancholy. And he'll be so for all eternity. Hence, he desires that everyone should be like himself. If you are sad and melancholy for a period of time, can I say, that's the enemy trying to attack your spirit and your soul. Why is this so important? Because our joy-filled life is the best tool we will ever have to influence the people around us. Our, your joy-filled life is the best tool you'll ever have to influence the people around you. I love I love this quote by Sheldon Van Aken. The best argument for Christianity is Christians, their joy, their certainty, their completeness. Erwin McManus, who's a pastor at Mosaic Church out in L.A., wrote in the book Wide Awake, part of living the life God created us to live is reversing the curse by enjoying marriage, enjoying intimacy, ha, 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 enjoying community, enjoying friendship, and enjoying each other. There may be nothing more compelling or contagious than a person who is enjoying his or her life. Life doesn't bring you joy. You bring joy to life. And where do we get that joy? From our relationship with Jesus and allowing him to pour it into us. We were created with a huge capacity inside our soul for joy. And too many of those that I come in contact with, their tanks of joy are empty. And that's not the way that God wants you to live. He wants you to experience joy. So, okay, Chris, how do I increase joy in my life? I get it. Okay, I get it. How do I do it? Number one, practice the discipline of celebration. Now, I'll tell you, I fast a lot. I do. 
but I also like to feast in the presence of God. By the way, the, the Old Testament of the Bible talks about different feasts that God told his people to celebrate. Why? To remind themselves of his goodness. So you know what I do? I don't know, four or five times, six times, seven times a year, I take my family out to Cheesecake Factory because that's where God dwells. <laughs> he dwells at the Cheesecake Factory. He dwells other places, praise be to his name. Because he's everywhere. But one of the places that God dwells is the Cheesecake Factory. So we'll go to the Cheesecake Factory and I'll say to my 17-year-old, 16-year-old daughter, you can order, hey, you don't have to have water, you can order soft drinks or anything you want. And we're going to eat a great meal, can order whatever you want for dinner, and then we're not going to come to Cheesecake Factory and not have dessert. You can order dessert after it's all over. Now, I'm not, I don't print money. I'm not made of money. I can't do that every night. But we do it every once in a while. You know what, we, you know what I always do? I always read a verse, actually, out of the Old Testament of the Bible that, where God encourages his people to come into his presence and to rejoice in his presence and to remind themselves of his goodness so that they might live with joy. When was the last time you just had a time of just feasting in the presence of God and enjoying his blessing? And just saying, hey, gang, we're going out to eat, or we're staying home, and we're finally having the food that so-and-so likes, and we're going to have it, and we're, just gonna, we're not going to rush through dinner tonight. We're going to enjoy, and we're, but we're doing this in remembrance of God's goodness to us. And you say it like that. Chris Conrad, do you actually say that? I absolutely do. I tell my daughters, hey, this is joy because of the goodness of, our, of God, of our God in our lives. So celebrate the practice of celebration. I, I don't care how you do it. You don't have to go to Jesus. You don't have to do that. I'm not saying, figure out a way that you can practice the discipline of celebration in your life. And make sure you give God the credit for it, okay? This is a band's way of saying, shut up up, we're coming out, okay? Just having fun with you, Luke. I'm just having fun. Number two, number two. Oh, by the way, can we, can we read this first? Guys, would you put up Psalm 16? Can we read this verse out loud and together? So if you make a mistake, make a loud mistake, okay? Here we go. In your presence, do you have it up there? Where? Uh, okay, go back, go back, go back. Sorry, there you go. Can we read that one out loud and together? Here we go. In your presence is fullness of joy. Just that much. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. In God's presence is fullness of joy. Hang out with him. Spend time with him. Okay, number two. Now we can go on. Sorry, guys. Ask God to begin to transform your mind so that you can experience life from his kingdom's perspective. When things go bad, it's okay. Don't allow life to steal your joy. Just don't allow it to do it. And finally, number three, ask God to help you look beyond the immediate. We're all going to have things that happen in our life that don't bring us joy. Like, I get it. Like, um, the house that I live in uh, was 17 years old when we bought it. Uh, we'd lived in it for, I don't even remember how long, let's say five years. And it was fine. We lived in it. We bought the house. Three months later, the basement flooded and did $18,000 of damage. And I think I told you guys before, I, State Farm, and I've been a State Farm person since I was 18 years old, um, State Farm said that it was an act of God. I called my State Farm agent and I said, I talked to God. He said it wasn't his fault. <laughs> I 
I still had to pay the $18,000. Uh, now, I understand that life happens. I don't live this rosy life either. But here's what I know. God is ultimately in control. And he can be trusted. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to destroy and steal my joy. So let me ask you, where is he trying to steal your joy? Where is he trying to take stuff away from you? Where are you still living in the kingdom of darkness, in your mind or your spirit? What sin still has its claws on you and you're giving into it? And God wants to set you free this morning. What mindset have you had because someone said something to you years ago and you're still playing that in your mind and Holy Spirit wants to set you free from that? What do you say to yourself in the mirror? I've given you a plethora of different examples this morning. Where are you living in the kingdom of darkness and Holy Spirit is inviting you to begin to live in the kingdom of God and of light? Holy Spirit, thank you so much for these incredible people. Jesus, thank you that through your power and your willingness to go to the cross for us, you paid the price for our sin in our place. And we can begin a relationship with you. And I pray for anyone in this room that hasn't done that, that they will do that this morning. But then, God, for those who have done that, I pray in Jesus' name that we would live our lives with tanks that are filled with joy that will hang out with you will spend time with you we will recalibrate our minds because god the world that we live in is constantly wanting us to be melancholy it's constantly wanting us to be down it's constantly wanting us to be depressed it's constantly wanting us to fear that we're missing out but god you have come through your son jesus and you said i have come that you might have life and have it to the full and I pray in Jesus' name that my brothers and sisters in this room would no longer live under the privilege that you have given us, under the privilege that Jesus died to offer us of living a life filled with joy. Let us live into that, I pray. Let us de be determined to not settle for anything less than that, I ask. And let us celebrate your goodness. And as we sing these songs of worship, let's go. We want to go after it. We want to tell you how grateful for, we are for you. We just want to sing these songs with thunderous voices of gratitude. That's what we want to do in the next few minutes. And then we want to celebrate the waters of baptism. We want to celebrate what you've done in a person's life. We're so grateful for who you are in Jesus' name. And everybody said with joy, amen. Let's worship him. The God I serve knows only how to try My God will never fail Oh my God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle be
You know, we have been praying for you, that as you connect with God and others and your purpose at a whole new level in conversations like this one, that you would experience the deep-seated joy that Jesus has for you. Our hope is, as we've been having this conversation today, that you have connected with that space of joy in a way maybe you never thought possible. If you want to process more of what Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about you, about the spaces of joy he has for you, what it looks like to enter into relationship with Jesus or get to that next level of connecting with God, others, and your purpose, our pastors are available. We invite you to call us at our Pray with a Pastor line or fill out a Connect card on the Church Center app or at heritageqc.com. Know that we'll pray over whatever it is that you send in and a member of our team will follow up with you in the days ahead. We are so grateful that we get to be part of so many incredible stories. So stories of people declaring they are free to live in Jesus, as you heard we're celebrating today through the waters of baptism. Every time you give, you're part of those stories and so much more. So thanks for your radical generosity. If you want to know more about how to give, you can check out heritageqc.com and the Church Center app with the give option right there. 
finally, know we are expectant of what God is doing, not just in these days, but in the days ahead. And you are not going to want to miss the next series of conversations we're pressing into called Everyone. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone is invited to be part of what God is doing right here at home and in the rest of the world. And we can't wait to see what God does as we press into that Everyone conversation together. So check us out next week as we press into that. In the meantime, again, know we're praying for you. We can't wait to see what God does in and through you this week.